There's a season for recording and there's a season for editing. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for classes. I don't think you're ready for e classes. I don't think you're ready for e. Um, uh, Bible is classy as this, baby. <laughs> Boo! You stink! <laughs> no, no, no. So, uh, everybody's been on the, um, the Kanye West bandwagon, huh? I mean, I love Kanye. I listen to it a lot, and it's not in my uh, everyday playlist anymore. But yeah, I mean, I must say, I spend the day with Mark, well, like a quarter of the day with Mark on Saturday, and he definitely changed my mind about Kanye. Yeah. So I don't dislike him. I hope that he is genuine, and I definitely see the fruit. You know what we were so, talking about? I didn't realize that you didn't think those things. I. I can't, I couldn't stand them. Well, you know what we were Why? talking about because every interview that I used to watch, like years ago, mm-hmm. of of him, he was just a fool. Okay, but he was I, just an that's arrogant entertaining fool. though. No, it's not. It's just arrogant. Proverbs in the last episode that we just released before this one. Oh, it's released. How you doing? It has been released. Said that ar- we should stay away from arrogant people. Okay. You know what I mean? And it that dude say that you can't watch interviews. No, but that dude was he was just on another level arrogant. Okay. He, I I he, hate your points right he now. He thought it was Jesus. I hate He your thought points. he was God. I don't I hate your points. Listen, right now. you told you asked me a question. I've never hated your arguments more in my I life. am responding to your question. Okay. Okay? I did not I w- did not have expectation of saying any of these things except for the fact that I changed my mind about Kanye. I see the fruit in it, but I only say this because... Breaking news on Bible Dingers News Network. We have some fake or real news about Kanye. Okay? As always, I'm Nick, I'm here with Ryan and Mark, and we start the show with fake or real news. Kanye news. Kanye news. Every week. Fake or con... No, true or con, yay. News. Pros or Kanye's. That's fun. Kanye West, we all know he's working on a second project, so that goes on without being said, okay? Yeah. We know that he's working on uh, Christmas. Jesus is King too, right? Is that what the name of the album is going to be? Yeah, no. Dr. Dre. What's it going to be? I don't think there's a name. He's just said, it's coming out on Christmas. It's Jesus is King too with Dr. Dre. Oh. That's what I thought it was going to be, yeah. right? We are all anticipating that album. I actually can't wait. I hope he goes back to old Kanye because I like the way he used to rap much better. Oh, you mean about like sexual stuff? No, 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 no. Not the old Kanye content, but the old Kanye flow. The way he, any people, any person that listens to rap will know what I'm talking about. He was real back in the day. He had like this killer flow. He was awesome. Uh, He's never had a killer flow. Yeah, he did. He was very unique and he was good with college dropout and stuff like that. He was awesome. Like he lost. The wire. Is that what we're talking about? He like lost his mojo. Wire. Yeah, he Jesus lost his mojo. He's never had an amazing flow, but he's always been good. It was it was catchy and it was popular and it was unique. Okay. 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 What's the headline? Well, the headline. <laughs> um, we know he's working on a, a, a hip hop project. Hip to the happy. But Kanye West announces launch of biblical opera about King Nebuchadnezzar. Is that fake news or Please, real news? God, let that be real news. Please. I pray to you, oh God, that that <laughs> is real news because I want to see that. Kanye doesn't do opera. He does whatever God tells him. He has do. a gospel choir. 
Yes. Sunday service. She says walks. That was the opera. I I am gonna say real news because in my heart of hearts I want that to happen. <laughs> no, he's finna gonna do. So a, are a you gonna go to the Met? Are you are you gonna go to the Met to see Kanye? Absolutely. <laughs> Did you a see? Thousand he was, percent. Uh, he oh, was. God, show me the way. The devil trying to break me down. That's so old, bro. You're did you see that Kanye went to Joel Olstein's church? Uh, I wish yes, I was there. I did. I wish it didn't happen. I only saw a clip of it. Didn't watch the Do whole thing. Do you know, so I'm going to throw it back here. I used to live in Houston. And one time Hillsong was playing at a women's conference at Joel Osteen's church. And so me and my bro went to Joel Osteen's church just to see Hillsong and then leave because obviously... It's a women's conference, mm. but we went just to see Hillsong and it was free and stuff like that. And I actually ran into my wife there with her boyfriend at the time. Oh. So she was with somebody. I didn't really know her that well, but it was like, Hey, how you doing? And that was like one of the first times we ever talked in, in Lakewood. Wait, so she was at a women's conference with her boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. He was kind of feminine. That's probably why he they're not together anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because he was a woman. He converted over <laughs> during that conference. Yeah. Anyways, this fake news or real news? We are uh, fake. <sighs> it's real. I hate when this happens, bro. What is the deal? It's clearly he does, real. He's not opera. It's clearly opera. real. I went with you last time, even though I disagreed with you. I don't. That's Nick making a fuss about it. I don't care. Yeah. Well, I care because yeah, I'm tired of hitting two. You're right. There's sound two bites. of us and one of him. Let's just get rid of him, <laughs> and then you'll have no sound bites or no fake news or real news. Okay. Um, it's clearly real. Is that for me? Yes, it's real. I it's told real. you. It's real. I told you. So. It's, so it's probably we just going to be gospel. We are taking a dinger trip but he's to the Mets, opera. and we are going to see Kanye West, who recently released his gospel album, has announced that he will be launching a biblical opera that will tell the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. According to Faithwire, West announced a show on Twitter saying the opera will debut at the Hollywood Bowl on November 24th and feature music by the Sunday Service Choir. Tickets for the show go on sale Monday. This is... Uh, Nebuchadnezzar rule. Okay, they go on. The Met. Where is that? Is it a city? Then in ninety four. The there. Met. The only opera house I know is the Sydney Opera House. So the, it's going to be at the Hollywood Bowl. So where's that? In Hollywood, I guess. Uh, I guess Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Bowl in Hollywood. The Hollywood. Bowl. That stinks. So uh, I think they're calling it opera, but it's not going to literally be opera. You know. Guys, Christmas is coming up. By the time this comes out, it's going to be December. Eighth, or something like that. Wow! So Christmas is in a few weeks. What are you guys doing? I usually spend some time with Christmas Eve. Believe it or not, Christmas Day I do nothing. I think is that the same Uh, America? You know? No. Regular white people celebrate Christmas morning. Really? Yeah, but we do Christmas Eve now because my wife's Mexican. So is Christmas Eve a Spanish thing? Yeah. What do you do, Mark? Uh, are you talking about like opening presents? No, yeah. like a uh, thing, yeah. Just, like yeah. an event, like, like a the party. whole family. Uh, Christmas Day, but that night we'll meet with family for dinner. Oh, Just so Christmas dinner. Day night. Christmas Day night. Oh, I see. So you'll meet with them at like twelve o'clock. No, I to said have we'll, dinner. We'll have what? 
So Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. you'll meet for dinner and you'll stay through midnight and then open presents on midnight? No, the day of Christmas, the 25th, we'll have family over for dinner. Oh, okay. So you don't do Christmas Eve. I guess Ryan's right. We don't have every year. We don't have a tradition. Depends. I guess Ryan's right. I guess that is a Spanish thing. I'm so used to it because that's been the case my whole life. We've never done anything Christmas Day. You know, um, I really wanted to go see August Burns Red Christmas concert. You know, they put, you know, August Burns Red probably, right? It's like a hardcore band. Yeah. They do Christmas, they do Christmas music too. And it's so good. Wait, you've probably heard the Reliant K Christmas album. Yeah, I love the Reliant K Christmas yeah. album. We play it all the time, every year. Is that Reliant the one, K, is that August Burns Red. Which one was your favorite that I can't stand that you always make me listen to? Probably August Burns Red. Is it? Yeah. But they're even, they're super heavy. They're right? metal. Yeah. And so August Burns Red, Reliant K, Lauren Daigle, those are the three Christmas albums constantly on repeat in this household. It used to be uh, Buble, obviously, and Sinatra. What about Charlie Brown? I like I like the Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. I like Reba. What? Do you really? <laughs> I love Reba, bro. Bro, you, you are see, trash. Did you see the last event that you she did? You see, person. wait, did you see the CMAs? What was it? The CMAs? No. She had three wardrobe changes in in one in one um, a performance, but she just went whoosh, and, and ripped it off, and then she had another pair of clothes underneath. Wow. One performance. Reba is awesome. Wow, that's fantastic. My mom loves her TV show. We used to always watch it. Really? Yeah, yeah. bro. Reba, yo, you guys are trash, bro. You like oh, Trey dude. Kennedy. I do like Trey Kennedy. I guess I'm trash yeah, too. Exactly. Anyways, in the spirit of Christmas, in the spirit of love and joy and peace in the world, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love you guys. Make sure you go out there and tell people Merry Christmas. Oh, is that a mistletoe? Oh. Oh my god. Everybody kiss. Is that August like Burns that. Red? Yeah. Absolutely. I like that. That was cheesy. Anyways, I wanted to go to their show so bad because they do every year. They're from Lancaster, which is only like two hours from here. Yeah. Every year they do a Christmas show in Lancaster. Sick. But it's like $120 or something crazy like that. I was well, like, yo, they, what? That's how they stay afloat. I yeah. guess so because. It's not like they I, tour the world every day. I, don't I think, think they, I think oh, they, they are. Yeah, I think they tour the world. They've been around a while. But um, I used to go to metal shows all the time. I even went to see August Burns Red in Lancaster one time, not for Christmas, but just for a regular show. I used to go all the time. You know, and hardcore shows, metal shows back in my day were like $6, yeah, $5 yeah, yeah. to get in. So when I saw, so I I wanted to go this year. Maybe bring the family. Everybody stand in the back, away from all the craziness. But yeah, it's like a hundred freaking. So is bucks. it a Christian mosh pit? I think. Is that no, it's not a Christian a mosh band. pit? Yeah, right. August Burns Christian. Oh. Yeah. Um, like when you go to a, a Christian metal concert. I guess metal is more mosh pit. I guess, but I was more into like the hardcore stuff. And they used to. It's called throwing down. They used to throw down, and it's like a Christian throwdown. Punch and kick and stuff like that. But that's not. You, what about like the Christian? Like, does that exist? Yeah, Christian? yeah. That's what he's talking about. Of, yeah, I used you to listen to Christian hardcore. Yeah, all the time. 
I went to go see one of my favorite bands. This is in Houston. I went to go see one of my favorite bands. I freaking kicked the guy over. No. Yeah, he was in front of me. I, he, I just freaking kicked him right on his face. <laughs> I mean, I kicked him in the butt, but he fell on his face. Praise God. Praise God. Christian hardcore, baby. There's nothing like beating somebody up in the I, spirit. That was Gideon, by the way, for all you uh, people wanting to know. Nice. You might just be Not dating like yourself. beating people up in the spirit. He probably won't remember that. That was like 10 years ago. Anyway. They're famous now. Oh. But they were not famous when I kicked him in the butt. We're, uh, <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> this is very interesting. We're going to talk guys. about the Bible today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to, oh, okay. we're going to beat people up with God's word today. Was that really cheesy? Oh, this am my, I cheesy? I, I just don't like that, their music. I did like that intro. I thought it was really cool. It's cheesy. It's like Hallmark movie. No, I yeah. loved it. Yeah, but then it went into the good stuff. The <laughs> cheesy metal. Yeah. Hold on. No, I like Cheesy it. metal? Yeah. No. All right, guys. With the, with the Do beats. us a favor. If you listen to this intro and you got this far in the episode, we appreciate you. If you like what you heard, drop us a line on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and let us know how you feel about the song that Ryan picked for this episode. I love it. You think that's cheesy? Yeah, it's still like the cheesy. most typical hardcore. All the bands sound like that. Hold on. That's cheesy. Hold on. Oh, no, not this one. Are we really doing this right now? I guess I'll stop. <laughs> You're but not going to convince me. <sighs> I'm going to convince you right now in front of everyone. <laughs> In front of thousands of people listening. I'm going to change your taste. Let us know who you think won this debate. Mark you know what? or Ryan. It's Honestly, not a debate. It's my personal preference. I'm going to say it's this. It's a debate. Okay. This debate was meaningless. Was it vanity? It was It was vanity of vanities. I was, really. I agree with you. It was a season of debate. And now <laughs> there's, there's a season for debate. You there's know, this debate appeared to be smoke like something I can grab. Mm. But but everybody it disappeared just dies. Like this joke. There is a season for Christmas. Houdini. Where did some, this episode go? Some call it, just it the Christmas season. <laughs> <laughs> Tis. Anyway, today we're continuing the wisdom books. Ryan, why don't you tell us about what we're talking about? We are talking about the book of Ecclesiastics. No. It is oh Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes comes right after the book of, you guessed it, Proverbs. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so let me go through the title of Ecclesiastes real quick. The title of Ecclesiastes is Ecclesiastes. Now, the Subtuagent uh, gave it the name Ecclesiastes, but with two Ks. So, Ecclesiastes? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know the word Ecclesia, um, right? Wait, do you guys know the word ecclesia? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, ecclesia literally means assembly, um, and you see that in the first few verses of the book. Um, but also what I'd like to mention is it's kind of the name of the first church, and mm -hmm. so that's why you see a lot of like hipster churches calling themselves ecclesia. And stuff mm. like that. Or like the ecclesiastical order. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, you're talking about some Illuminati stuff. No. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Ecclesiastes is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word, lerd, the Hebrew Lord. word, kohelet. God bless you. Okay. Kohelet. Um, and the New American Standard translated that into preacher in verse 1. 
Okay, so the Hebrew word designates a leader who speaks before an assembly of people, as we see in this book. Um, so other translations translate kohelet as teacher, preacher, or gatherer. But basically, it's a person that speaks in front of an assembly. Gotcha. Like many other books that we discuss, the author of Ecclesiastes is unknown. However, like Proverbs, traditional Jewish and Christian scholars often ascribe authorship to Solomon. Solomon. Yeah, we say yeah. it's unknown, but we're kind of sure here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to think that, yeah. and we're going to go through those. Um, the belief of authorship has passed the test of time. So traditional Christians and Jews attribute authorship, authorship to them. So, you know, people don't make stuff up. If it's gone this far, the idea that Solomon wrote this book is possibly true because the majority wins. Um, but people if, don't make stuff up. <laughs> Well, they do, but... Never. I can't let you get away with it. Throughout that. all this time. I mean, it, it definitely passed the test of time. But if that argument is not good enough, once you dive into the book, you can kind of really taste Solomon. Um, because the Ecclesiastes description of the preacher given to the book is quite fitting to him. Um, surpassingly wise. We see that in, in chapter 1, 16. Son of David, king in Jerusalem. That's chapter 1, 1. Prosperous reign. That's chapter 2, 1 through 9. And he collected many proverbs. Oh. Chapter 12, verse oh, yeah. 9. King Lemuel. So uh, <laughs> unless King Lemuel or, uh, you know, some other guy did all this stuff. <coughs> I mean, Solomon's definitely the most proper, prosperous king in the Bible. He's definitely a son of David, king of Jerusalem. He's definitely wise. So according to what's in the book, it's kind of fitting. But there are reasons against it. And that's the phrase son of David could technically refer to any legitimate Davidic descendant. Um, Matthew 1, verse 20, references Joseph in the way, in that way. And the New Testament uses the same referencing when referencing Jesus. So uh, maybe Jesus wrote it. No, I doubt it. But just saying, you know, um, the author's remarks also imply a historical setting that seems in tension with the Solomonic era. Oh, Solomonic. How you freaking doing? How you doing? Okay, so that leaves us with two sides with uh, two legitimate arguments. However, most fall into the category of people that believe Solomon wrote this book, but there are other possible authors, which are another descendant of David, an Israelite teacher using a Solomon-like persona, which is unlikely, but possible. Regardless of who wrote it, it's the preacher, the teachers, or however you want to um, translate that word, it's his voice that we hear throughout the entire book. So that leaves us with the theme. And I've read a number of different um, commentaries that have different themes about this book. But this is my belief. I believe that the theme of this book is that nothing in the world can satisfy us permanently and fully apart from God. And I also believe that this book is a figure pointing us to Christ. And that without Christ, we cannot be satisfied, even if we possess the entire world. Because we see throughout this entire book, vanity upon vanity, everything is meaningless, everything is meaningless. So, in other words, apart from Christ, apart from God, we cannot even be slightly satisfied in, the full, in a full sense, even if we possess the whole world. Yeah, so I think 
you might not be able to say that the original intent of the book was to point us to Christ, just because obviously yeah, it comes sure. before Christ. But God always has a plan with every book that was written, whether it's New Testament or Old Testament. God had a plan all along, and so we know that the whole Bible points to Christ, for um, sure, whether it's before or after Him. So, but yeah. it, with the author's intent, apart from Jesus. I think the general theme is nothing in the world can satisfy us permanently and fully apart from God. Get into those fun facts, baby. Okay, so the fun facts for the book of Ecclesiastes. We only have two because it's not a very fun book. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so the first one is that most people believe that Ecclesiastes was written towards the end of Solomon's life. And we hit on this a little bit in the last episode of Proverbs. Um, most people believe that Song of Solomon was written when he was young. Proverbs was written when he was kind of middle-aged. And that um, Ecclesiastes was written when he was an old guy. Um, so that is the first fun fact for you. Bruh. The second fun fact is that although it seems like a negative or depressing book, it's really the opposite. It essentially teaches us to stop and smell the roses. You know, it's okay to slow down and enjoy life while it's here. So, you know, it's it, it kind of tells you that everything you're doing is vanity, you know, whatever. It's, it's basically telling you that you don't have to stress about all this day-to-day stuff in your life, that you can actually stop and slow down and enjoy things. I was going to say that this I found this book to be very liberating yeah. because it made me wrestle with the idea of death and mm. because I think a lot of us are just too afraid to think about that. Mm-hmm. But actually when you think through it and you realize you know you can't be fulfilled by anything but God it's actually extremely liberating. Right. Which people would probably see as counterintuitive but Right. No, it really is, you know, it tells you that life is short, life is life is quick, it's a vapor, so when you really take that into consideration, you should stop and actually enjoy yourself while you're here. You should enjoy mm-hmm. your family, enjoy the the times that you have together because it's quick. And so don't spend your life um, in anxiety, worrying about, you know, making more money at your job or whatever it may be. Not that that's a bad thing, but you shouldn't spend all your time, all your energy and all your focus on that. For sure. So I guess we should get into the uh, outline. Yeah, for sure. So the book start. It, it starts uh, start. kind of weird. It's like meaningless, meaningless, which is the original word is hevel, hevel. And Hebrew means vapor or smoke, um, which in short, it means life is temporary. Like smoke, when you try to grab on it, it appears solid, but there's nothing there. So much goodness in life, and yet life is simply unpredictable. Building... Building. Building. I don't know why I wrote building. <laughs> Period. Uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> meaning in life apart from God is meaningless. And by the way, building. Building. <laughs> our relationship in the world is temporary, but our relationship with God is eternal. So let's dive in. Um, they are one, two, three, four, five, six. 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 There are six parts <laughs> of twice. the... There are six parts of the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, 
and we're going to dive right in. The first is introduction and theme that we see in chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Um, the second is the main argument. What's the main argument? All is vanity, etc. We hear that a lot. That's, um, that's chapter 1, verse 2. Through chapter 12, across throughout almost the entire book, we hear the same point. The main argument is that all is vanity. And we, we learn in the, in the beginning that vanity means what? What does it mean? It's like um, pointless. Something that's meaningless. Pointless. Yeah. Okay. So when it starts in chapter 1, verse 12, through um, chapter 2, verse 26, there are four points that these chapters try to make. And that is the pursuit after knowledge is vanity. And that's chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. The pursuit after wisdom is vanity. That's chapter 2, 16 through 18. The pursuit after pleasure is vanity. That's chapter 2, 1 through 2. And pursuits after riches is what? Oh, wait a minute. I think it's vanity. Oh. We, sh- we should say the pursuit of these things as a means of fulfillment. Is yes. Vanity. Not that you can't pursue these things. Well, yes. 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 In regards looking... to fulfillment, it's vanity. Yes. yes. So if you're trying to reach fulfillment with a pursuit after knowledge, after wisdom, after pleasure, after riches, guess what? It's all vanity. Yes. It's meaningless. It's temporary. I'll um, be left empty. Ryan, why don't you tell us the third part in Ecclesiastes? Sure. The third part is the all-famous time for everything uh, poem, and that's chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And that's where it says that there's a time for mourning, there's a time for dancing, there's a time for um, this and that, there's a time for whatever, whatever. Ah, that's a good point, bro. Yeah. Um, mm, beautiful. So that is in chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Following that is a portion um, that talks about having to trust God and fear God because he is sovereign. And that's in chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. So what it tells us is that whatever God does, he does forever, basically. Mm-hmm. He's, he's unchanging. And he's made everything beautiful. And it also mentions that in a lot of ways, God's, God's ways are unknown, um, so it kind of mentions that we can't really completely comprehend God because his way, his wayers are yeah. higher than our, our wayers. Our wayers. Yeah. Hey, good point, bro. They're way makers. Oh, Ooh, I love that song. Spiritual makers. Spiritual maker. So yeah. Then in section five, it goes to the life quote unquote under the sun section. Mm. Uh, and it's basically just quick facts about life under the sun. Um, there's two parts to life under the sun. There's um, chapter five verses eight through through chapter seven, verse 24. And then the second part is chapter eight, verse one through chapter 12, um, verse seven. So they're together in this outline because the theme is kind of the same. But most outlines you'll see in your regular commentaries and stuff like that separate them because they kind of are two different parts. But we have them together here because they are really the same. It's much easier to talk about. Right. In, in the short setting of our show, for sure. Right. So um, the first thing it talks about is injustice, and that's in chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. Um, and basically it says to us that if we see any type of worldly injustices, just to trust God through that. Um, the next thing it talks about is greed and contentment, and that's in chapter 5, verse 10, through chapter 6 through 9. Um, and what it's telling us there is to not love money 
overall and just be content with what God has given us in our life. Um, and then after that, it talks about wise things that we should live by. And that's chapter 6, verse 10, through chapter 7, through... through uh, 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 Remix! So that's chapter 6, verse 10, through chapter 7, verse 24. And what that tells us to do is to protect wisdom, to consider God's work and its magnificent and stuff like that. Just wise things, wise sayings that we should live by, uh, similar to the book of Proverbs. Um, and then also there's there's more kind of in that same vein, uh, talking about wisdom in daily life. In chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, it talks about wisdom that you should have when you're dealing with foolish authorities. So whenever you have a wicked king over you or whatever that may be in our time, if you have wicked government over you, um, how you should be dealing with foolish authorities. After that, chapter 8, verses 10 through 13, it tells us to fear God. Um, and then in the end of chapter 8, it talks about human knowledge and how we are limited in what we can know. We can never know everything like God does and like Joanna Gaines does when it comes to who. What? You guys blow me away sometimes. Joanna Gaines. But when it comes to out? decor. Oh, man. Somebody... These are six. The sixty percent of our listeners are going crazy right now because of the fact that you don't know. Oh, who Joanna you are Gaines so is. sexist. Only women are into decor. <laughs> That's true. I am sexist. Mm. Um, so the beginning of chapter nine basically tells us that life is unpredictable. <coughs> Sorry. Just like that. Like that. Exactly. We never know what's gonna hit us. Okay. Um, and then in the middle of chapter nine, it talks about finding enjoyment as our circumstances can allow. So that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. So there's this whole section about stuff that's meaningless and vain and all this stuff. But the point of it is to tell us that we should find enjoyment anyway, um, as, as any time that we're able to. Um, and that's how chapter nine ends as well, that it tells us that life is temporary, but we should enjoy it while we can. So yeah, um, in chapter 12, 8 through 14, we see the final conclusion and epilogue. But I think there are some points that we should make that we see in chapter 7 um, and prior to the conclusion, and that is the real problem with life is sin. God will judge everything we do, although life is all vanity. Eternity is not. The main theme of this book is that life is all vanity. But the good news is eternity is not. We know this as Christians. Some might see this book as a negative, but as Christians, we know that with Christ, eternity awaits. This book contains some valuable pointers as to how to treat certain things in our lives. But the overall point of life is to obey and fear God. Judgment awaits. And here on this earth, everything is vanity, but eternity is not. That's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope, most importantly, that you're opening up your Bibles and not just relying on our episodes to learn. We do want you to open up your Bibles, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at BibleDingers at gmail.com. That's our main email, but we are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, make sure you go on there and check us out, and while you're there... Just give me the likes, don't pass and scroll. Don't pass and scroll. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you hit like. Make sure you hit follow. Make sure you interact with our, with, with our page. And most importantly, 
Ding on. Bible dingers. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. I don't talk about it. Don't feel like I'm on fire.